The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Welcome to the Cost of Goods Told podcast. My name is Connor. I'm a chef and media producer. I am joined this week by Chef Ara, who is uh, taking his uh, one day off a week, you know, <laughs> barely a day off, but still some time off to uh, join me since Darren had to work late tonight. Ara, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. We are joined uh, today. Our guest is Travis Weaver of Man Ready Mercantile. Um, a guy who literally started with like a hundred bucks in his pocket and uh, has worked his way up to uh, some serious status, man. Thank you also for taking time out of your freaking busy schedule to be here, man. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Um, for those who don't know the story, do you mind just uh, starting from, you know, day one? Like how, how you got started just making candles? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> we... Uh, uh, or, you know the, the business. You know now is kind of a kind of a modern day general goods store where we focus on more like uh, I guess mostly made in the USA goods, some international brands. But the thing is, everything's like quality, and we know the story, and we've vetted it, and we've tested it, and we've tried it, and we maybe you know we like to know the owner, or maybe you know we really like to focus on family owned family owned companies and local, and you know we've got all these different kind of you know little marks we like to cross off every time we look at a brand or a product or whatever and we don't want something that <clears throat> you know everybody else has you can find anywhere and it's just the same old same old or it's not interesting and um so that's that, that's current time 2019 circling back or falling back we, you know i started in my apartment and in, in um it was like the towards the end of 2012 and i wanted to make products that were um typically marketed and sold to women and make them okay for guys so if you like i'm probably going to totally butcher this uh the dates of the story That's okay. but no, no, no. if you look back on the history of the of the wristwatch no man ever wore a wristwatch before the turn of the century it was all every but every man by the time he was 15 had a, a pocket watch and the reason why is wristwatches were small and dainty and they would break and they weren't waterproof they were just they're very small. They were just they were just for women. Women had wristwatches. Men had pocket watches. The way it, it's the way it was. I can't remember what war it was, but there was some war. I don't know. And they were tied. They would these guys would take their pocket watch out. Can you imagine that's how you told time? You're taking a pocket watch out, and holding a gun, and all this stuff, and you're like running from bunker to bunker and dodging artillery or whatever it is. So you they would take it out, and then they would they started like wrapping it on their wrist with um, like leather. All right. And uh, so those I don't know if they were. I think the reason I had that case is because the glass of steel was not strong enough, so that's why we would like close the top of it, right? So you're right. having to, you know, <laughs> take this thing out, flick it open, <laughs> you know. So anyway, they would strap it on the things in the wrist. I think they started taking the tops off of them. That's how they would do that. And they ended up later on putting, making like little leather cases that were specifically, they look kind of like watch bands that your little pocket, <laughs> your pocket watch would fit into. And they could time incoming artillery and things like that. And they could, you know, signal and be able to go from bunker to bunker based on that. So. After that particular war, and I, I want to say it was in Burma or somewhere, I can't remember exactly whenever, the, it was like an epiphany came off like, hey, why don't we make these watches not so small and dainty or whatever you want to call it and make them stronger and waterproof and have them to where, you know, a guy can wear them. Women can have the more, you know, kind of refined, smaller pieces and the guys can have the little beef, beefier pieces and whatnot. 
And um, so they changed the world, the way the world perceived a product based on need and necessity and demand. And they created that, right? And uh, um, and made it socially acceptable and by changing a few things around. So I didn't, I've never invented anything, but I just took, you know, um, uh, whiskey glasses from my pantry and about a hundred dollars and I, um, started making candles on my stove and I went door to door selling them and I'd sell them to flea markets and to, to like retail stores in the Houston area. And I would put them in an old Budweiser crate that, that, that I had from back home. I, I don't even know how old this thing was. <laughs> and I'd walk into the stores and, uh, and just tell them like, Oh, you know, I've got, you know, by this time I was making lotions and bubble bath and bath salts and all this stuff, but I didn't call it bubble bath. I called it tub elixir and I put it in a whiskey bottle and I didn't call it bath salt, I call it tub soak, and I put it in a whiskey bottle. So I just changed the, the, some of this around and put it in a more unisex type bottle and, and it was just kind of a marketing thing. And um, I just, you know, um, time has gone by now, and you know, and um, now everybody's really into these kind of take care of yourself, feel good, look good, you know, and if you do those two things and you're gonna, you know, your, your quality of life is going to be better because, you know, if you're, you're, if you're taking time to relax in the evening, you've got, you know, you're getting to bed earlier, you're waking up earlier, you're getting more time to be creative at work, and therefore you're making more money. And if you're making more money, you've got, you know, you, you know, you're, you know, you're picking up the dream girl and, you're, and you've got the, fat, the car and, the, you know, it all goes hand in hand, right? That's everybody's thought. Now, what does it really happen? I don't know. But that's your idea, right? Like, right. if I'm more relaxed, I'm going to be more productive and I can get more sleep and then more things are going to come, whatever it may be. Um, and um, so that was the idea just take things that typically were not marketed and sold to men and, and made them okay for men and um, we uh, by this time I'd, I'd partner up with a couple of buddies and we scraped together enough money um, to, to get the retail location uh, there in the Heights in Houston and um, we signed the lease on it and we did everything ourselves you know the whole everything with me and my friends and my neighbors and my my friends, friends, and everybody else, anybody else that could come by and they'd bring a six pack of beer and a pizza and whatever it was, and we could just hammer it out at night till two or three in the morning. And we opened the store in three weeks. And I remember I was nervous going up there because I was like, what if nobody comes, you know? So I was late to the grand opening and I was just worried. You know, I got there and there was like a line of people and it was just like a success in the beginning, uh, or, or from, the, from the beginning. And, but you know, we've come a long way and we've had uh, lots of ups and downs of things. And of course, you know, Instagram, paints a pretty photo but you know what they don't see is the behind the scenes when you're sitting there like you know you want you know you post this amazing this this awesome photo that a photographer did you know took and edited it and it took 30 minutes just to <laughs> take the photo then 30 minutes to edit the photo then i get it and it takes me 30 minutes to post it with the right verbiage and in reality i'm sitting there behind a computer you know trying to crunch numbers about how i'm going to afford to you know what's the right hashtag for this one you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like you know what time to up to a post it what hashtag this that whatever and it's like you know people you know it's a it's a marketing thing and, and that's what i think we're, we're okay at you know we're always striving to be better at but that's how we kind of grew the business is just about marketing telling the story of behind the scenes how things work being real realistic with people uh not acting like a business big business or something that we're not and it's just like hey we're a small business, we're gonna accept it, we're down to earth, we're gonna tell people exactly how it is, some stuff they're gonna agree with, some some stuff they're not, they're, everybody's gonna think they have a better way of doing things, but in the end, I'm just gonna do things my way and um, and just do things as honest as I can, try to you know employ and, uh, and, and empower good people, work with the community, work with others, be open-minded to things, uh, but also be set in my ways as well, because right. I'm not gonna live my dreams and the shadow of others and based on what they do you know so, so um it's a, you know, a little different approach and um but yeah uh, in the beginning a lot of people were like hey you know wh who's going to use that type of stuff I and mean, you know that's that's for you know kind of that's not for dudes you know <laughs> and even though that's only been a few number of years things change rapidly but in the beginning it was kind of odd and uh now it's it's no problem but you know times have changed i was just a little bit early and I think that's what really helped. But that's the thing is always look for what's that next thing out there that's early, which you can be first at, because that's huge if you want to really succeed these days, you know? And then don't get greedy. Realize you got to like come up with the next thing, right? right. So, um, but yeah, now I don't even know how many hundreds of brands we have in the store. Probably 90% of them are made in the US. A big percentage of them are made in Texas or Houston. A lot of it we make here ourselves. We've been expanding our own line of goods. 
Um, we expanded into uh, a production space down the road, um, about five minutes from the store. So we, we have that all, all outfitted. We can do graphic design, photography, um, candle making, leather work, uh, manufacturing, and uh, shipping and receiving of wholesale. Because we distribute these, brand, these products to hundreds of stores around the world. And then um, our store, if any of you guys have ever been to it or haven't, uh, it's two stories and the Man Ready Mercantile portion is upstairs. And the downstairs portion is where we used to make everything right. until we got the new space. And then that was all boarded up, blocked off, so nobody can even see it there until Christmas of 2018. So last year, last Christmas. And we took that wall down and we had, we had renovated the downstairs space and made a shoppable women's area. Right. And we call that the candle bar at Man Ready. And the reason, and the reason is, is you know, we have manready.com, which is luckily a re really rapidly growing website. And um, I looked at, I was like, well, maybe we call it like, let's look up woman ready, you know? And uh, so I go, I go and look at this thing and it is already taken. And it is a very, very interesting website. <laughs> Thatwomanready.com. You may or may not want to check it out. That's entirely up to you. If you do, you might want to grab yourself a bottle of, water, uh, bottle of wine and shut the door but it's an interesting website and um so to each their own but anyway we just called it the the candle bar at man ready and just made a women's link on our on our website because we had some of these people coming in they're like oh my god you know all these things you guys it's crazy every time i come here it's just all this stuff all the time but you don't have anything for women i'm like well it's the name up there is like <laughs> 20 feet long on the thing and it says man ready mercantile and you know, and it was just because there's, there's a lot of other women's shops out there. There's not just a lot of select, dedicated shops for guys that aren't just tchotchke kind of, right. you know, whatever, knockoff, cheap crap. I mean, we're not a cheap store. We don't want to be a cheap store. It'd be easier to have a cheap store. We just bought any crap that we thought was going to fly off the shelf. But that's not our angle. You know, we're, we're not selling three packs of Hanes for T-shirts for twelve dollars. Right. We've all got them. Yeah. But that's the, you know, every now and then I like to wear. A, you know that t-shirt that i want to wear until it falls off my back you know and that's what we that's what we get you know? well it takes a while for those shirts to fall off the back because you're <laughs> sourcing some serious you know yeah, quality yeah, so yeah. we we look i mean every single like detail on things you know it, and it takes us a lot of time you know and we but yeah we dig into all that you know and go to great links and um you know and uh to, to test stuff and not a lot of people do they just think oh i saw this in this magazine or this other person's instagram account or whatever and I'm going to pick that up just because they're doing it. Like, that, I don't even like worry about that other stuff. I mean, I'm aware of other other people's brands and um, what they're carrying in their stores, but I'm not like trying to poach on it or like worrying about if they're crushing it with it or not. I just want to make products or buy products that I like, that my staff likes, or my family likes, or what I think the community will like, and then I go with it from there. So I'm not worried about what all the other stores around the world are doing. It's not, I'm not, my store is not in their location. So how can I think that that's going to work out? Right. And every, you know, the demographics are different. Well, so. it's the same thing like in craft barbecue. Yeah. You know, you, you find your style, you do it right. You get, you know, the high end products in and, and so forth. And you charge what it costs to actually produce something that is a unique craft product. And it's not for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's crazy with, you know, with the, with the whole barbecue thing. I mean, it's funny, like, you know, People are so used to some of the kind of, I don't, want to, you don't really want to say like low end, but you know, there's a, there's different it's tiers, yeah, right? Yeah, different, different tiers. Different yeah, tiers. there's craft barbecue and then there's old school barbecue that's been around, that shops that have been around that everybody can do in their backyard. Yeah. And there's a difference. There yeah. is a difference. Yeah, and it's, big difference. It's funny, you know, that people, you know, they'll, they'll beat people up. You know, some of my buddies, like you guys that have barbecue joints and I haven't necessarily seen it on yours or anything, but some of my other buddies that have them, and other restaurants in general, they're like yeah, overpriced. I'm like, how how are you to say it? So you know the yeah. cost. You so you you've got it broken down. Do you know what it costs this, to produce this yeah. hand cut firewood and this, and cutting it, bring it in, tending the fire, the whole nine yards, manning it, this that, and the safety and all the other crap you have, all the other stuff, the bills, the overhead, the staff, the seizing, the, the insurance, rub, this, yeah, the you, right. you calculated that so that you were able to know, or you just you just said that it's overpriced, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Thank you so yeah. much. I knew I was going to need that. <laughs> See how smart. Yeah, it's it's like people don't realize what it takes to operate a business, and then they go make a comment about it on 
their social media about the product that you're selling for an X amount of dollars, whatever it is, and they don't know what it takes to produce it. But they're used to a they're different, used to, yeah. the different tier, right? The different, different tier, yeah. And in, that, in your situation, that different tier, in my, if you want to try to combine them, that would be the mass-produced, machine-fed, whatever, automated, yeah. blah, 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 in China or wherever it's at, you know. And we have some stuff that are made in those countries, but we know what those facilities look like. Our buddy that has the company, because a lot of times it's just because you cannot get certain things made here. Yeah. Like, for instance, underwear. You just you cannot get them made in the U.S. because they don't have the machinery. For what I understand, I'm not an under, underwear manufacturer. <laughs> but for what I understand, that you can't get the uh, the uh, the uh, what do you call it? Like the, the elastic. Yeah, the elastic. Right. Uh, it's hard to get that made here, um, and so they just they have them made in in other countries for that reason. They have the machines there. Certain machines are just in other places, and we just don't have them here. And a lot of times, just the EPA guidelines and the different restrictions they have on things here, especially with metals and alloys. You just can't get made in the U.S. or for, or for sure cost-effectively by any means. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is not just um, like dirt cheap or too. Or so it, there's a there's a threshold, right? And then you could like technically probably make anything here, but are you going to go out and buy this multi-million-dollar piece of machinery? Yeah. And again, I don't know how much it costs, but I'm assuming it's pretty expensive if it's making something like that in mass yeah. produce, right? Right. Are you going to do that whenever you can't? your price is going to be so high, are you going to be able to actually sell to even pay for that machine, much less the building it's in and the rent and the insurance and all the different things and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, right. just, it is what it is. But you're, I face that all the time. You know, people are like, I saw my buddy, he had a, uh, he has a leather company and, it, and it's not a, it's not a ch cheap leather company. That's for sure. But it's not the most expensive. It's not couture prices. Yeah. You know, it's a quarter of what these celebrity endorsed couture prices are that you buy at the mall, at the Galleria, right? Anyway, they were ripping him because he was, you know, because of his prices. And the bags are like $1,000. Okay. It's, it's a lot of money. That's like several car payments, right? That's a lot of, that's a, like a mortgage. And, um, but... You don't rip that person because you don't know what it costs to make it. Right. You don't know. You know how much that that high, that side of leather costs. Do you know how much the machine costs that it takes to do that, and how much to maintain it, and how long it took to get to good enough to do it, and how much the thread costs, and how much. Like people are just quick to think they know it all, and they'll say that it's overpriced. That's not the right terminology, because they don't know the price. Yeah. No. It is sometimes that is just the price, <laughs> like that I can sell it to be able to afford to live. That doesn't mean overpriced. Right. Overpriced probably means I paid a celebrity to endorse it, and I had to put it in this big box store in the mall that pays a hundred thousand dollars a month rent or whatever it even costs. I don't even know. And that would maybe be something that's overpriced because then I'm gonna have to pay for Brad Pitt or whoever to endorse it. Yeah. yeah. So that would probably be overpriced, but nobody blinks at that. They fester over and dream about wanting to get that Louis Vuitton luggage. Just because they saw some celebrity wearing it. Right. That's all they can think about. And then they go see the holy grail of leather goods that, say, my buddy makes. And it's one-fourth or one-fifth the price. And then they go, it's And over then they're pissed. Well, because it's, it's overpriced. Flooded, you know. That's yeah. a problem. And yeah. It, it In is. our industry, it's very easy. And people will... I mean, if you go on my Instagram or our uh, social media, like on review size people oh i want to eat there it's overpriced i go it's actually i should be charging three dollars more per pound right i'm giving it to you for a lot cheaper because i want you to experience it i'm not making as much money but what how would you base that on that you're saying it's overpriced right you know i'm using the highest grade meat it's hand selected for us okay and the amount of time that we take, the type of wood that we burn, all that stuff is expensive. Okay, and I pay my staff extremely well because I have good quality staff and I want them to have a living wage. Right. It's not cheap. You know, all that stuff adds up and you know that in retail more and with food for us is very easy because everybody does barbecue in their backyard. So right. they go buy something on sale from HEB for $2 a pound on a brisket, and I go, oh, I only paid $2 a pound. Well, you cooked one brisket, yeah. <laughs> okay? You can afford to do that. 
at buying it at two dollars a pound my cost on it is 425 it's twice as much and i trim my briskets extremely well and because they all have to be the same and i cook hundreds of briskets a week and they all have to taste exactly the same so i can't have any consistency issues right so that takes money effort and same with on the retail side if you have a good product a good t-shirt or a good candle that's being made with the best ingredients and with the best scents that smells phenomenal that put, doesn't put out all these chemicals when you burn it it, it, it takes money to produce that, okay? Yep. Not counting the countless hours and product that it took you to develop that product, mm -hmm. right? It, I mean, people think, oh, well, you're selling this candle for, let's say, $15 or this lotion for $15. Well, you must have spent at least $1,000 worth of man hours and product to be able to develop that just one. Well, who's going to pay for that developing time yeah. and product that you spend money on it, right? So he knows that because you've done it. So and, and that time and cost that you put into developing it, that has to come from somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, getting your, going to get your, uh, I mean, I, I, I do it myself, but like if you have to get somebody, if somebody can't change a battery and they go yeah. get their battery changed. Well, yeah, you know, some automotive shop's going to charge you to change a battery or change your tire or whatever it is. And does it cost them? that much money to go over there and you know take this nut off and put the other battery on there and you know scrub the terminals and clean you know whatever no it, it took them 10 minutes to do it they, you know it's 65 dollars whatever it costs plus the hundred dollar battery or whatever well they have the building and the staff and the tools and the you know their their knowledge behind it it took years people discredit the years that it takes to accomplish something it'd be like me going into an art gallery see this this wood piece of art here. I don't know if this thing's worth $10 or $100,000, right? Or whatever. But I go in there and, you know, the person's telling me about it and blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, some guy named Van Gogh or Go or whatever. I don't even know. You know, I can't even understand <laughs> what they're saying, right? And I just go there and I leave there and I go give them a one-star review. Overpriced. <laughs> you know, art. You know, if you want better art, go somewhere else. Because now I'm qualified, right? I'm a critic. I'm an art guru at this point because I you know I saw some art at some other place it was one price and I saw this it's another price and now I'm qualified and I'm like and especially because I'm a I'm an elite yelper yeah you know because I build up those points by go to Taco Bell and Target and Marshalls and then I roll into you know Man Ready or your barbecue joint or my other buddy's barbecue joint and you know you know whatever and so now I'm qualified right and so when I go into your place because I went and ate at this other you know kind of entry level type of old school you know and nothing bad about it I mean I'll go crush yeah, them sure. whatever that's all fine but I don't leave there you know I knew what I was I at least I understood what I was getting right and I, when I go to, you know, Shafara's place, I understand what I'm getting. It's difference. The fact that when your people are so close-minded to think that everything's, everything's not the same. Right. Nothing's the same. No two places are sta the same, but you can't go bash one because it's a different level. There's a reason why it's a different level, and it costs that, typically, right. to, to, to perform at that level. Right? That's why... People in the NFL get paid more than Little League. Yeah. It costs more. I'm, I'm sorry. Right? You know, Little League kids don't pay for airplanes to have to go in and multi-million dollar stadiums and, you know, they're these type of coaches and blah, 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 all this stuff. So, anyway, if I went into an art gallery and I just ripped them a new one because, you know, this multi-million dollar piece of art on the wall and I, and I said overpriced, how do I know? I don't know. It's the same analogy, just in a different, you know, it's yeah. a different type of business. And now for a quick word from our sponsors. Criswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. 
Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. You know, it's funny, like, <clears throat> these elite yelpers, that's going to be a whole oh thing. Oh, my God, don't even get me started <laughs> on I don't that. Know if, I'm going to have to go order a whole lot more drinks. If I, yeah. I don't know, but I will tell you, I'll, I'll scratch the surface. And I don't know if they were elite or whatever their status was, and I could care less, really, for that matter. But they, um, somebody gave us a one-star review the other day. We get a lot of reviews. Thank God they're almost always positive because we have an amazing, amazing, amazing staff. And uh, I'm not always up there because I'm in between production space and uh, the retail store. So anyway, they uh, we got a uh, the review was something along these lines, and I have to go back and look at it. You know, amazing place, all these premium goods, and the staff's really well versed in knowledge. They shake your hand, they offer you a free old-fashioned whenever you come in because you know we have a little bar in there, and we give everybody a free drink as long as you're over 21. Um, one star just didn't have enough variety i'm like oh my god <laughs> i'm like dude there is stuff hanging off our ceilings literally <laughs> all the way to the top two floors all the way to the ceiling like literally, we literally sell everything off the wall i mean you know we're not selling you know toilet uh, paper toilet paper and and uh and uh washing machines and uh tuxedos but, you know, like, we've got a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, like, a tremendous thousands of products. and A uh, lot of products. A lot of products. And uh, it's just very comical to me that uh, they're going to negatively impact this hard work that they acknowledged by not having enough variety, which is, I, I, I just, I, I sometimes, I just don't even know how to take some of those things. You right. know? I, I don't even know how to vocalize it. Well, we've had that in the restaurant industry too, where people will be like, oh, we want you to source locally. We want it, you know, we want the animal raised properly. We want, you know, it, you know, harvested properly, you know, all of these sorts of things. Then we go out and do it and we say, hey, you know, sorry, mom, I'm going to use you as an example. But my mom was like, oh, I found out the salmon that I was eating from Kroger's was, you know, being fed dog food. Yeah, that's why it's two ninety nine a pound, mom. You know, like, yeah. you know, like that's the only way you could feed an animal at that price point. Like, I'm sorry, you know, you want something that's wild caught. Guess what? That's a fisherman's life. You know, that's you know the boat and everything, and there's a whole process of all of that, and then all of a sudden it becomes fifteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty dollars a pound type of thing. You know, but. If you don't want it fed dog food, this is what we have to do. Now there's in-betweens and there's things that we can obviously do or whatnot, but is it the same thing kind of on the retail side where they're like, hey, we want high quality, but I want to pay Olive Garden prices, you know? Yeah. Well, they come in and then people, you know, we'll tell them, oh yeah, we, we'll greet them. We'll try to shake their hand. Hey, you know, I'm Travis. Welcome in a man ready. What brings you in today? Ah, you know, just, just shopping. Cool. You shop for, some, for yourself or somebody else. We want to know why they're there. I'm looking for a gift for my dad. In other words he's looking for a gift for his dad and that's the reason why he's there i might not go try to sell him this other thing that's not even appropriate for you know what i mean like right. so we try to find out why they're there and a lot of times we know if they've been in there or not because we have so many you know regulars in the community that come in but regardless um what was i saying i was saying that was, you said something about oh yeah i'll, 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 I'll tell them like hey you know um uh, you know uh i can tell real quick they haven't been in there before i'll say hey you know we were kind of a premium general goods store or we focus on made in the USA goods. A lot of it we even make, it, make ourselves. We do have some select brands from, from around the world otherwise. Take a look around, let me know if you need a drink, we'll make a really good old fashioned, awesome. And then they'll come up to me and say, well, you know, so a lot of these goods are made in the US? I'm like, yeah, and they're like, oh cool, well tell me about this one thing. I'll tell them, they go, well why is it so expensive? <laughs> like, well, because it's made in the US. It's like, well I love made in the USA stuff, but man, that's awful expensive. I'm like, like, you know, how serious is this person? Because a lot of times they'll talk this big game about, this whole I uh, support made in the U.S. and smaller, lesser-known makers and craftsmen and stuff like that that aren't these big multinational conglomerates and stuff where typically it's in, all imported and whatever. So it's it's confusing to me because you you say this one thing, but you it's like this shock, the sticker shock, whenever you see that dread button-up shirt that's 115 or 130 dollars. That's what it is. Right. It's, yeah. not, it's not my made-up number. These are the MSRP on the brand. They have to make it, just so that everybody knows. They have to make, they have to source the, the fabric. 
the thread, the buttons, all the different stuff, do all the grading and the tech sheets and all the stuff they have to do to make the shirt. And they have to take it to a trade show. Pay to go to the trade show, pay to be in the trade show, travel there, hotel, room, board, all that stuff. Then they have to wait for the Brit, the stores to come up. In this situation, I'm the buyer. I go up to them, I say, hey, nice red shirt. Uh, they say, well, this is our new fall collection, whatever, and here's the cut and the blah, 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 and all this. And I say, okay, I'll take uh, the X amount of them. We fill in the order for them. All these other people do the same. If they get enough to make it productive for them to run it, then they produce it for the next season. So I had to order everything that's coming in in fall right now, you know, last season. Right. So I have to, you know, as a buyer, I'm making, I'm making sure it's the right thing. And they're making sure they have enough to even go run it on the, you know, on the, on the machines, you know, or for, for, to be produced. <clears throat> they get the products in, they distribute them to all the retail stores. And then they put, we have to pay at that point to get it barcoded, priced, inventory, the product photography, put it on the website, the content, the marketing, the social media, the, all that stuff, pay to have the staff, take it up to the store, put it on the hanger, put it on the shelf, and then know about the product. We have to pay to do product training, and then they have to sell it to the customer. You know, And that goes for any good, whether it's made in the USA or not. But the point is, in the USA stuff, it's already more expensive because we had to, they had to source that material, they manufacture the product, they have to sell it to us, they have to make money. They're not just doing it for nothing. Right. And then we have to sell it and make money too. And they, they have a predetermined MSRP. Typically people don't go above or beyond that or below that. And so uh, we don't make the number up. It's just kind of the number, you know? And then unless it's one of those things that's celebrity endorsed or whatever, <laughs> then it's not the number. Cause some of that stuff, you know, some of those things, these couture items and whatnot that people are so obsessed with having they want to deliberately do anything they can to save up to buy that product. They're obsessed with it on wanting to have a Louis Vuitton purse. Right. It's the holy grail, right, of purses. Congratulations, this stuff is plastic and it's got some leather trim on it. Just, just to be honest here, it is not leather. It's plastic. Right. Okay. <laughs> just to preface that. Right. And we have handmade leather goods that are hand-stitched and that are you know, full grain, you know, 100% leather that are a fraction of the cost compared to them. But ours, again, like we were saying earlier, they're so overpriced and people are pissed. Right. But they're pissed because it doesn't say Louis Vuitton on it. Right. And the reason why you paid to have that is complete opposite of what you said you wanted. Right. It's quality made, made in the U.S. and this and that. You're just obsessed because of the name. So, But we also have the opposite too, though. And I think now, especially with social media and especially with uh, the ability for everybody to kind of collaborate mm -hmm. on different things. Like I see you at the trade shows. Instagram living with different with different companies and so forth across the US yeah. that you can actually gain a larger following and you can find that niche market all across the US now that is looking for those high quality and we say expensive you're really not that expensive it's the same thing as like our aura gets called expensive barbecue it's not expensive barbecue like seriously guys like it's not you yeah. know um it's what it is what it is it's what it is it should be right yeah i i think like one example of like one of my favorite items that you had and i i didn't get there in time was these like mexican biker rings that you oh, had yeah. for a little while and like they were like these cool authentic things or whatnot and i remember just kind of seeing people like oh my god that's expensive i was like yo i bet you they had to pull that off of a dead like cartel dude or something <laughs> like that and then it was like locked up and then like you had to go find it you know i was like that's a find that's yeah. a find. that's something that like i don't care what what you do that's something i want you know because it's such a unique item anybody can get a fucking louis vuitton bag you yeah. know like type of thing even anybody. your even your printed shirts so they're not screen printed they're like block printed some right are, some are, yeah okay just depends yeah. well you can see a uniqueness in some of them yeah you know, even like some you... of the like the, even some of the screen printed things we work with night owls print shop a local printer here in town they have a special type of discharge ink they put on there like we look at all every single detail yeah every single one of them and some would do block print some we have them do but it has a special type of ink and all sorts of stuff like we look at all of those things we're not just firing them off to you know or just bringing them in from some website where I can go through there and do you know block art and then have it shipped to us that's not the way no these are designed by a graphic designer Nick Talent that works for us here in town and you know we have to pay for his education you yeah. know right I mean right. It's, yeah. a, it's a skill and 
and then to have night owls do it. That's a skill to get that done right and have that kind of look that doesn't look cheap and this and that or whatever and has that discharge so that whenever you wash it 10 times, it looks like that old vintage look. We think about that stuff. Yeah. It takes time and knowledge from a lot of different people to make these things work. And, you know, it's that, you know, I, I think, you know, we've kind of beat down some of the people that don't get it right, but we, we should probably, or I should probably talk about some of the people that do and I applaud them for taking the time to listen to the staff and to me whenever they're up there because they'll come in sometimes and there'll be these, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if it's even a word, unbelievers or I don't know what the word is. They, they're used to wearing, you know, the, um, you know, J Crew, you know, button ups and this and that or whatever and um, Gap blue jeans or whatever, just normal stuff, Levi's, all good stuff, whatever, you know, but, you know, it's big box stuff, right? Yeah. And so just normal day-to-day -day stuff, but then they'll come in and say, oh, what is this, you know, why are these jeans $195? And there's probably people listening to this that just fell over in the back of their chair and, you know, trying to grab the nearest bottle of booze to take the edge off of what they just heard. But newsflash, there are $195 pairs of jeans in this world, and we sell a lot of them. The reason is, you know, they're raw denim, they're not pre-washed, you know, they're what the miners used to wear because you know, that type of denim, they didn't want them pre-washed. Like we, you know, these people want these super soft jeans. Well, you know what? That's because they're broken down and they're they not going to so, yeah, yeah, yeah. last as long. Unlike this raw denim without getting too geeky and all the back behind the scenes of it all. But that's what the miners wanted, right? They wanted just denim, thick denim and to be able to, to stand the test of time. And they've got this type of stitching and blah, blah, blah. We sell those and they're expensive for a reason. It's not a made up price. It is a price based on blah, 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 that I'm not gonna go sure, sure. crazy on to right now. <laughs> but um, we'll tell them about it. And sometimes stuff to say, well, you know what? You know, it sounds like you, you haven't, you're used to this one thing. We're telling you about this other. We'll take care of you. Let's, you know, let's figure out what it takes to get you in these. And we'll just hook them up somehow, whatever it may be. We've seen them in there several times, eyeballing them or whatever after the conversation, whatever it is. We'll, we work, you know, that's the beauty of having a small business. We'll like, you know, figure it out. You know right. what I mean? And, you know, they'll get that pair of jeans. And I'll tell you what, every single time they come in there, they've got that same pair on. Every time you see them and they're tagging the Instagram photos or telling their, like they're obsessed with that one thing. They're wearing them all the time. What's better? Would it be better to have five pair of, $55, you know, jeans that you, you I mean, you don't, oh you, oh, you just, the reason why you bought them is because they were just, because they were cheap. Right. Or is it better to have $195 pair that you're obsessed with wearing and love the story, you know the maker, you see how they make them and the, and the, and the staff that it takes that, to make them and you see our staff that it takes to sell them and you, you it's like a, it's like you're kind of like family with the brands that we sell. It's a whole different type of deal. And you know, there's these people that come in in the past, they said, oh, you know, I, these women that come in, they say, I, I, you know, I'd love to bring my husband here, but, you know, he just hates shopping. I'm like, well, you know, if he, he you know, I'm thinking, and I'm not telling him this. I'm like, hey, this dude could come in here and he could have an old fashioned that we hand make. If you went one of the, and got one of these same old fashions right here that I'm drinking right now, I don't know what these things cost here. They're probably like 12 or 14 bucks. They're not cheap, <laughs> right? And, uh, he could have one of these handmade by our staff. He could sit there and there on these old Chesterfield couches. Those are comfortable couches. They are, they are comfortable very comfortable couches. couches. <laughs> so I've been on those couches, had many yeah. drinks over there. They could sit there, hang out, talk to some guys around, make a new friend that's right there. You only, I wouldn't say you're like in a bar or something, but you're definitely hanging out and conversating when you're in there. You meet people. Yes. You're, you're you know, over here, somebody talking about this restaurant to go to or what barbecue is great over here or this and that or whatever. And you, you make friends and you, you get to know the staff. It's a different, it's an experience. Mm -hmm. It's just different. Yeah, it does suck going to the mall and fighting the crowd and fighting over a parking spot and walking through this crazy line to get it, whatever. And, well, yeah, it sucks. So no doubt. But um, over time, the same women and guys that I'll see that say, oh, you know, he would love to come in here, but he just ain't shopping. The next thing you know. They got him in there. Next thing you know, they're having a drink. Next thing you know, he's wearing some of those blue jeans. And, you know, it's like, so we, we try to do balance some of our, our time with taking the time to educate on some of this stuff because it is important, you mm -hmm. know, to know why this thing made by this local artisan is more important, you know, uh, the, the way it is and the materials it is and so on and so forth. 
And so it's a little bit of a learning curve for them sometimes. And then, you know, sometimes you'll have people in there that know more about some of these products than we do, especially with like this and the textiles, okay. you know. And so it's kind of cool to hear, we'll be talking about it and they'll chime in. And it's kind of this group discussion. So it's kind of neat how it all works out. But yeah, it's something very special, very different. And to me, it's very, very interesting. It's just not to run the middle small business or a big box store, better yet. Well, yeah, because it's like you said, the, the environment, it's kind of the same thing like with barbecue. It's, I would not sit there and wait in line for an Olive Garden, but I'll sit and wait in line for barbecue, you know, good craft barbecue, because the atmosphere is different. Because the guys that are hanging out, they want to talk barbecue. They want to be part of that culture of barbecue. And I feel like that kind of happens at Van Ready as well. It's like when you're in there, you see people who are like really into the products and so forth and that's a really cool thing to see especially in an industry that i don't understand and i'm super naive to where it's like i had no idea about the jeans i just go and i get my jeans and i'm probably gonna have to come in and have somebody freaking you know like style me like at your spot because my wife is tired of seeing under armor shirt and basketball shorts you yeah. know so i, I shop there i yeah. shop at my ready yeah. i mean it's one of my favorite stores to shop at for whatever product I'm looking for because if I go there I know I'm going to find a product that was made well it's going to last a long time you know the difference between you know the jeans that I buy they are 150 195 200 sometimes 210 but they are raw denim they do last 10 times longer than a normal pair of jeans that you go buy whether they're Levi's or whatever you're getting out there. So is it better to have one pair of jeans that's gonna last you, let's say, three years, or buy five pairs of jeans for almost twice as much that's gonna last you only half the, less than half the amount of time? Right. So when you look at, at the life of the product that you have, okay, that you just spent 195 for, mm -hmm. it's actually cheaper to buy that product <laughs> over a long period of time than it is to yeah. buy, you know, five or ten pairs of the cheaper ones. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing because these people that they have some of those jeans, they'll have like two pair of them, but they literally wear them, you know, they'll wear them 160 times each a year and in a couple months they're wearing shorts. Yeah. So they're wearing like jeans, they're two pair of jeans that they have <laughs> like 160 times each in the year. I'll tell you, I can tell you right now, I bought just you know, cheap stuff that I saw because it popped up on some ad or whatever on the internet. And I got it because, you know, we all do it, right? You know, but I, I got it knowing it was because it was cheap. It was a deal, right? And, um, but I'm not like, I'm not as obsessed with that product and I'm not, you know, it's just a different kind of mindset knowing that I've got this cheap stuff over here, but I'm also buying some of this stuff. Like that's why the guys on the motorcycles, you know, they're, you know, uh, operating equipment and have these motorcycles. They'll have, uh, that raw denim because it lasts so much longer because those fumes are deteriorating the uh, the fabric and whatnot huh. and so they're just they're wearing you know just like my stuff that I got just that was mass produced or whatever I know that it's not going to last that long in the scheme of things it might actually last me five years but the reason is because you don't wear much oh, that's right, <laughs> yeah. right. you wore it 15 times in that yeah. five years right. these guys and gals they're wearing this stuff daily right. you know what I mean but it's no. also, it's also, um, I forget what the word is, but it's like a, it, it's, it's a piece. Like anybody who's gotten a wallet from you is, is showing that wallet off to me. They're like, yeah, this is, this is my wallet. Yeah, look at this you hand know, like, stitching. I picked out the thread and Chad exactly. hand stitched it about, you know, for me. And it's made with Wicket and Craig leather or Horween leather that was established in 1903. It's a third generation family owned business. And they remember all this stuff yes. because they've become obsessed with the conversation they're having with the staff member and all goes hand in hand. And most time you're not like, oh, look at this. You know, I look at this fossil wallet that I got. I got this thing on sale on a Black Friday deal and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I got it on Amazon and it was, you know, $64 and it was on sale from 124. Well, congratulations. The thing probably cost $4 to make it in China. And, you you know, they just made their whatever. And it was supposed to, you know, you know in the story behind Chad hand-stitching that wallet here in Houston with a lifetime warranty that cost still a fraction of the cost because it didn't have the name on it it's just a whole different the psychological aspect of some of the stuff in retail is interesting right and and i do it too you know i'll go and i'll be looking at something um so you know i do a lot of like um uh out
outdoor type stuff, and I'll be at some you know particular store, and I'll be looking at something, and let's just make up something. Uh, it's a uh, you know um, it's something that costs forty five dollars, and I could really use that item, whatever it is, and um, and I'm processing like, do I really need it? You know, and this and that, and I look into it, and it's like quality materials and this and that. And I'm trying to, but then I, I won't buy it, knowing that I'm going to take my girlfriend out for dinner tonight. <laughs> You know, and, and, and I'm, what happens is I'll go out to di- I, this thing I could have used all the time, and I could have bought it for $45 and maybe had the rest of my life. But I don't buy it because it's $45 and I'm evaluating it, knowing that I'm about to go drop $150 on dinner and I'll forget about it next week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the way we process information is interesting, and I, I think about it all, all the time myself, and I'll see people in there, and they'll be studying this particular item like it's, you know this whole other language they've never even seen in their life and they're trying to just make sense of it and they end up not getting it even though they wanted it so bad and then like you know nine times out of ten i'll ask well, get you know uh help you out with you again ah nah i'm just gonna get out of here i'm like well great what are you getting into tonight and they'll say ah, i'm going down the street to eat at so-and-so place and then we're gonna go out and have drinks at so-and-so I'm like, oh cool cool you know but they passed up on that one thing but they're going over here you know and it's just it's it's interesting what the the psychological way that people's minds work with retail and these particular products and whatnot, and uh, I'm like sometimes I think if it would have been on sale, if it if it would have been, you know, if I'd have said that it was 150 dollars right. and it was on sale for 75 dollars instead of just saying the normal price is 45 dollars, would they yeah, have bought they, it? Probably. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So it's a weird deal. It's it is. Deal. It is. And and you have to you know it's just. It's, it is such a, we've become um, a society that is looking for that instant gratification with everything. You know, we're constantly bombarded with, whether it's on social media or on television, uh, uh, with what's, what everybody should have or what everybody should do. And when you go into a store like yours and you see this amazing product, and you go, oh, that's real cool. I really want it. And then you're thinking about all the other stuff that's going through your mind. I've always been of the mindset, hey, if I see something that is made well, especially if I'm supporting a small business, yeah. a craftsperson being a chef myself, I go, well, I'm going to support that. And if it's something that I like, I'll buy it. Because it's not just buying something for myself. I'm supporting another business person that helps them that's one that they sold that I helped this business by just buying one item, one product. Right. So to me, to me, as being a restaurateur and a business owner myself, it means a lot. So I, I, I don't get that mass, uh, what we've become as a society that we're buying all these mass produced crappy products out there that you know, just because you saw it on TV that you should have it. Yeah. <laughs> Magazine, I, yeah. whatever, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, if Tom Cruise says, I need it, I need it, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Tom's always right. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, that's, that's why a lot of times I'll, you know, if you follow our, our Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff, I'll put in there kind of like, I'll revert back to the ways that maybe, you know, my granddad obviously, you know, isn't, you know, wouldn't have been into a lot of the stuff we have here, but, you know, it's just a, he never even used a cell phone or a computer, you know, like never even turned one on or talked in one. So, um, I think though about how they used to sometimes why he would buy if he was going to, like, he's not going to go buy something because somebody else endorsed it, right. unless it was his neighbor that said, Hey, yeah. I was able to get this much plow time with it and blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, it uses less amount of diesel or or whatever, he's not, he, you know, he's looking for durability. He wants to know who he was trading with. He, you know, he wants to know details about it, not just because it's cheap. You know, there's a, there was a, something I heard a, while, a long time ago, only a, a rich person can afford cheap stuff. Because <laughs> that's the only people that can afford to buy it over again. Yeah, So that's very true. You know, it, yeah, it sounds, probably sounds like people listen to this probably like, God damn, how, how much is this? How much uh, is this barbecue and how much are these yeah, right? candles these guys yeah. are selling? It's really not. It's these are really $5,000 candles no. and $10,000 <laughs> plates of barbecue. It's They're really $28 not. candles and 
twenty dollar plates of barbecue here. Okay. Yeah. So you can I mean, be you, you can know. be the destination place. Like like we we drop decent money every Christmas, yeah. but I get stocking stuffers all the way up to shirts and, yeah. and nice things like that. So it's like you have a range of different things yeah, on there. If you want something for you know, six dollars, you want something for six hundred. You know, we're not we're not uh, blowing people out of the water here, but like the the thing is, I think the moral of it is is the value on the on the on the the value on the raw ingredients whether it's barbecue or textiles or whatever and having you know people understand that this is a, a fair handshake on it and that's what i think about when my granddad was going to do something would, would look into something he would assess you know what's it made from where it was made at can i get a hold of the guy in case i need to get a repair he wasn't unrealistic in thinking he's not gonna ever need that fixed right <laughs> he was going into it like i'm gonna work this thing so much i know it's gonna have to be fixed i just want to know when i need to is that cat gonna be around for me to get a hold of him right and where can i find him at you know and um that's the way he looked at things and a lot of those people back then and then everything become became disposable so disposable means cheap stuff yeah. right it's cheap made not going to last as long it's not going to be nobody's going to take the time to repair that item they're just going to go buy another one yeah and it's more cost effective on it's more cost effective you know, to, to just buy new that's know? right it's ridiculous and that's why a lot of this stuff like when people if they bring back their leather wallet or whatever you know they don't want another wallet <laughs> they want that they one. want that one just you know go fix that thread that we're through it's going to happen no matter how much you pay for something, it's going to happen over time. Mm-hmm. So you can you can buy a bigger, you know, some of it can just have a lot longer durability. But over time, you know, especially some of the types of types of stuff that we have, it's just a matter of time. In the end, you know, if it's ten years or fifteen or twenty or thirty, you know, uh, and even if it's that, you know, you buy and you leave, and all of a sudden a button popped off. Well, you know what? It's going to happen sometimes, right? But you just walk back in and you know it's taken care of. Um, but uh, you know that if it's in 10 years down the road, you know, you know, who can fix it? Can I come in here? Can I, do I have to go to the manufacturer? And we explain all that stuff. These other places, they don't care. They just want to make the sale. They're going to go. They know they're not going to be working there next week or next month. They don't give a crap. Right. It's gone. Make the sale. Make, you know, go home. They, don't, they could care less. Thank you so much for listening to the Cost of Goods Told podcast. This is actually going to be part one of two of our conversation with Travis Weaver of Matt Ready Mercantile. So stay tuned for part two. And as always, a quick word from the sponsors that make this podcast possible. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality and flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O dash pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com.